Global from Asia, episode 306, learning from top Amazon sellers. We're getting a good, good little e-commerce mastermind kind of thing today. Let's listen in. Welcome to the Global from Asia podcast, where the daunting process of running an international business is broken down into straight up actionable advice. And now your host, Michael Michelini. Thank you, everybody, for choosing to download and listen to Global from Asia. I was just checking iTunes, you know, and I still try to see how I can read reviews, but would always appreciate some reviews if you do enjoy this show. Supposedly, you know, these algorithms, as you Amazon sellers know, reviews are, are good. I don't know. I think I don't get in trouble if I beg you for a review like I would if I was on Amazon, but... If you could, it would help out. I don't know. Somehow we got stuck in the investing category. I don't. I think you know. I got delisted off Apple for a little while. They said I was keyword stuffing the title and manipulating my keywords. <laughs> uh, man, is it Apple or is it Amazon or all these big guys always getting in our ways? I am here in Shenyang. Actually, I'm looking for apartments right now. With my wife, because it's you know, kids, wife. In parents-in-laws, aunts and uncle-in-laws, and on random people coming in for acupuncture in my mother-in-law's <laughs> home studio. What is it? A traditional Chinese medicine center? <laughs> anyway, we are working hard here at Global From Asia to keep these shows rolling, so I hope you enjoy these. Today we got a really good treat for you. Gary Huang, he has the amazing seven figure seller summit which i i was on i was one of our one of his uh presenters in his online summit and he takes some amazing value that he got from all the different interviews from these amazing people and he consolidates into an epic epic podcast for us at global from asia we're really lucky to have him i mean i feel like he gives us so much value in this free podcast so it just makes you think his Seven Figure Seller Summit must be that much better, right? These are amazing experts. So he features different people he's interviewed and uh, had on his his uh, Seven Figure Seller Summit over the years. And he gives us some really amazing takeaways. I was taking notes. Uh, he does a lot of the talking, actually. I was, uh, I was really blown away by it. He's just giving and giving and giving. So let's t- tune into Gary and listen to what he has to share about what he's learned from all these top sellers in Amazon. Do you enjoy Global From Asia and other community events we do and the content and all the things we're putting out? Check out loadpipe.com, L-O-A-D-P-I-P-E.com. It's our new community group buying site so you can buy access goods from, of course, China, but we're working on other parts around the world that we're working with our community and it's just an extension of our community group buys we're trying to do one a week we have webinars we have other things happening to buy products direct from china or direct from factories in a community environment working with people in this community check it out loadpipe.com okay everybody thank you for tuning in to another global from asia podcast it's it's uh, it's, it's actually another guest i feel like lately we're probably getting some guests that have been on the list for a while and uh, making it happen gary huang he's the founder of the Seven Figure Seller Summit, which I was actually a participant of this last one and also doing other amazing things in this business. As always, uh, thanks for being here, Gary. 
Oh, thanks for having me, Mike. It's a pleasure to uh, to finally be on. I'm super excited. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's, we've been talking about it. I, I know you, you check out some of the shows and everything, so it's really great, great to have you sharing with us. Do you want to introduce yourself for for listeners a little bit about what? Yeah, you- definitely, definitely. Um, so my name is Gary Huang. I'm the founder of the Seven Figure Seller Summit. Um, I also run a site called Eighty Twenty Sourcing, uh, where I offer uh, best practices with sourcing. Uh, especially for e-commerce sellers. Um, just quick background about myself. I was born and raised in the U.S. I'm from L.A. originally. I like to say I was made in the U.S.A. and then I was exported to China. So I moved out to Shanghai in 2008. And um, I stumbled upon a job in a small consulting firm working in sourcing. So eventually I, I moved up the ladder and I became the director of the sourcing uh, department there. So I handled uh, multi-million dollar sourcing campaigns for clients. Um, so I visited hundreds of Chinese factories. So I've seen the good, the bad, the ugly. And um, I also, um, you know, after I, you know, you know, one thing led to another, you know, started a family, got married, started a family, and then I decided the next step to do my own business. Um, and then uh, that, that's when I launched 8020 Sourcing. And um, I also have an e-commerce background. Um, this might be a little confusing because the timing is out of order, but before I moved to, sh- to Shanghai, um, 05, I started out selling on eBay. Uh, this was back in the U.S. So at that time, eBay was like today's Amazon. Like they were, they were the 800-pound gorilla. You know, I went to like eBay conferences, like eBay Live. Um, so basically, that's how I got my feet wet in e-commerce from 05 to 08. But I stopped selling on e-commerce uh, in OA because of the financial crisis and because I moved to China. But um, after uh, you know my work in sourcing, I saw that hey, you know this Amazon thing—it's blowing up. You know, I, I did some of that before, so I started selling on Amazon. So I'm uh, Amazon selling myself as well. So I've got some skin in the game. Um, so Seven Figure Sellers Summit um, is basically, you know, I, I really love that quote by Jim Rohn. He said, "You are the average of the five people." you spend the most time with, right? So um, the first summit that I launched in 2018, um, at that time, my wife was about seven months pregnant with our, with our first child, with our son. So I couldn't go to Hong Kong to like, you know, these in-person events. So I figured why not invite these experts, these seven-figure sellers to me and virtually online and everybody else to teach them how they did it. So that's kind of the genesis behind the Seven Figure Seller Summit. Um, it was pretty successful. I mean, I learned a lot personally. Uh, we had several thousand people uh, view online. And then we, um, we launched the second, second fi- Seven Figure Seller Summit earlier this year in 2020. And then uh, Mike was on it. He gave a great talk about um, you know, best practices with selling um, e-commerce businesses, how to maximize your selling price. So uh, sorry for the long-winded oh, intro, but that, that's kind of my story. Yeah. Well, it kind of intertwines into what we're talking about today. You know, we've been preparing for the show and, and you, you gave us some great points. I'm sure listeners are going to uh, enjoy a lot is, you know, the after interviewing and work, you know, you, these few seven figure seller summits you've done and talking to these sellers, uh, you, you're going to share what you, some of your highlights, which I'm even excited to to hear about. So that's, that's, uh, it fits together. It, it kind of flows right into our um, our topic for today. So thanks for that, Gary. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I'm, I'm super excited. And then um, I just prepared some some talking points um, because, you know, I interviewed over 20 seven-figure e-commerce sellers and experts. So I kind of, you know, noticed some common themes 
um, you know, after talking to these guys. So I kind of wanted to, you know, uh, share some of these with you guys today. So, um, so you might just let me know. Yeah. Maybe I, we, maybe yeah. I, you know, you, you gave me a great list. Maybe I could kind of read it off. Maybe I could kind of mm, modify it or, or, or to add, you know, comments on it. We can have a conversation. So the, cool. the first one, which I love actually, especially during this COVID nightmare and other, 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 other global events, you know, successful entrepreneurs get around excuses. So definitely. Yeah. So, I mean, I love this it. is like, yeah, for sure. Um, this is like, you know, the seven figure seller summit was split up into five days with uh, different, um, themes for every day. So for day one was mindset. So I noticed that a lot of these successful seven figure sellers, you know, they got around excuses because uh, I noticed that, you know, one of the short things in running a business and Mike, you know, this, like you're always going to face, you know, problems, challenges, you know, you're going to run into the wall hundred percent, no doubt about it. So I, I noticed that what sets these seven figure sellers apart is that when they're faced with these trials and tribulations is that they found ways to get around these excuses. So they didn't throw in the towel, um, you know, that might have caused some people to fail and give up. So case in point, uh, seven-figure seller, Chris Davey, and then he's our mutual friend. Um, he, yeah, he shared that um, one of the excuses uh, and walls that he hit was uh, dealing with European VAT or value-added tax. So he said it was a pain in the butt. And, you know, with all the bureaucracy and all the administrative work it entails, and then um, he said that he spends dozens of hours, if not more, you know, fulfilling all of these requirements so that he can legally sell on Amazon European marketplaces. And then on the other hand, some people may have given up if they face these challenges, you know, make the excuse, oh, it's not worth it, or they don't know what to do. But Chris was determined to get around these excuses, and he found a way to get it done. And, you know, because of that, you know, he's, he was able to scale his business, and, you know, he's doing quite well in Amazon Europe. So the main takeaway is that, you know, Chris in his mindset, he sees these challenges as barriers that keep out his competitors. You know, he doesn't see them as like potential, you know, things that stop him. These are barriers that keep out his competitors. And he shared, especially competitors from countries like China, where he feels that they probably aren't willing to go through this process. So just the fact that he can go around these excuses, this means that it's more business for him because a lot of his competitors, you know, they make, they make up excuses and, you know, they're not willing to, uh, to do the work. And then, um, you know, similarly, uh, another seven figure seller that I spoke with Nick Katz, uh, he sells in Amazon, Japan and Europe. He revealed that you don't even necessarily have to set foot in the country to sell there. Um, so to learn about cultural differences in Japan, for example, Nick used an example of like Japanese kitchens, which are, you know, designed differently from like Western style kitchens, you know, they're smaller, they have different kinds of appliances, etc. So he shared that, you know, rather than having to fly to Japan to see these kitchens in person, you can actually learn what a Japanese kitchen looks like by searching on YouTube. You know, you can search for videos of Japanese kitchen. I mean, that is if you want to sell uh, in Japan, um, in the kitchen category, for example. So, you know, don't use that as an excuse. You know, you can use online tools like YouTube. I mean, we didn't have these tools, you know, just like 10 years ago. So I, I feel that, um, you know, there's a lot more examples that have room 
to talk about um, today here. But um, I find that take one of the top takeaways is that you know successful entrepreneurs find ways around excuses, and you know they're always finding a way to get things done. And I think the opposite of that is is people that don't succeed always look for an excuse, right? Like um, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean we can always find the negative or the problem or the barrier, but I think. It's similar. It's another way of saying what you're saying, but you know, barriers is opportunity, right? Because right, right, opportunities. Cool, man. Right. Um, so, getting off Amazon to find the products is your second one. Yeah, I noticed that you know what might have worked in 2016 to rank and sell on Amazon doesn't work as well today. Um, you know, just like the old ways of relying only on research tools to come up with product ideas. You know, with the same you know, thousands or hundreds of thousands of sellers are using the same tools and the same methodology. So, you know, it's like that saying that goes, uh, if you start out from the same place as everyone else, you end up at the same place as everyone else, right? So, you know, what might look like a profitable product opportunity today can be a flooded market three, four months down the line when, you know, hundreds of other competitors are using Jungle Scout, they're using Helium 10 with the same criteria. And you know, sourcing the same products and shipping them to Amazon's warehouses. And uh, please excuse the background noise. Uh, you know, our baby is here, and you know, yeah. we're in, uh, we're sheltering in place. So you know, I'm not gonna use that as an excuse. Exactly. To, uh, as <laughs> the, I was gonna say the exact same thing, thing, man. You're making exactly. It. You know. Yeah. yeah so, uh, so yeah. Case in point. You know. But going back to getting off of Amazon, um, I was talking to seven-figure seller Tim Jordan, and then he says that looking on Amazon alone can lead to saturated niches. So instead of, you know, looking only on Amazon, Tim uses external sites such as Pinterest, uh, such as CreateJoy to find profitable product ideas and keywords. And Tim shared that he really loves subscription sites, you know, like subscription monthly boxes uh, like CreateJoy because they source new and trending products that can be months or even years ahead of mainstream demand found on Amazon. So they're very early in the product life cycle. And if you get on this you know, very early, you're able to capitalize on the demand before everyone else. So after coming up with these ideas from these external sites, Tim uses research tools such as Helium 10 to check the keyword search volume to make his product decisions. So even though there is early demand for these products, the products are not there yet on Amazon. So, um, so you know, again, he does not start out on Amazon like everyone else because that means he will be stuck looking at saturated niches. And then um, another off Amazon site that works very well is Etsy. And then uh, Chris Davey says that he uses Etsy um, in his product niches to find out what customers are searching for to gauge interest in product demand. And then not only that, um, Chris Davey also uses Reddit. Like he goes deep into different subreddits related to his niche to get feedback on new product designs before he manufactures them. So this is kind of like the, the whole lean startup methodology, you know, like the, the MVP, the minimum viable product, where you want to invest, invest like the minimum amount of time, the minimum amount of capital in a, you know, kind of like a hypothetical product in order to test it. And then if you can validate it using, um, you know, substantial user feedback without committing to, you know, thousands of dollars, placing a purchase order from China, you know, in the months to manufacture and ship it, then you're really shortcutting this process and uh, taking a lot of risk out of the equation. 
So, you know, these are, these are a couple of ways um, that I noticed that the successful seven figure sellers, you know, they're getting off of Amazon to find product ideas. Yeah. After that, um, you know, I kind of, I noticed another theme was, you know, the 80, 20 rule. Right. And then, you know, especially with entrepreneurs, one of the biggest pains that you know, we face is the lack of time. So I, I think, you know, Mike, you're in the same boat as me. You know, we have, families we have our businesses we're traveling but now we're in lockdown you know we're yeah. like you know pivoting so you know lack of time is one of our biggest headaches right so you know that's why i was really shocked when i interviewed jason vandergrens uh he's a seven-figure seller that we featured on summit uh you know i asked him jason i know you're probably busy you know like let's uh set up a time and he says that no man actually i'm not busy you know <laughs> he he actually i mean who says that right um yeah, you know he's a one person he's a one person million dollar um, business, you know? And then he shared that, um, you know, he applies the 80, 20 rule to decide on what tasks to work on. And then more specifically, he follows, you know, Stephen Covey um, who, who wrote that book, the seven habits of successful people. You know, there's like that, um, the whole quadrant, right? Like the four, uh, the time management quadrant. And then he really focuses on the, the non-urgent, important tasks so this way he doesn't give them a chance to get bigger and then this saves some time later and then so he really focuses on like the non-urgent but important tasks okay another seven-figure seller yeah. uh, brandon dupski he also built a one million dollar one-person business selling one product and then working one hour per day by applying what he calls the the big profit formula so Brandon really focuses on the smarts that make money and then he outsources the tasks that are moving money. So he shared that the big profit formula is small work times big smarts. Okay. So he really focuses on the smarts and the tasks that make money and outsource the tasks that are moving money. So for example, he'll focus, he'll focus on tasks such as creating videos featuring himself and his children, showing customers how to use their products. And then this helps boost his sales and his brand. And then he'll outsource more of the administrative tasks, uh, the more, more of the bookkeeping tasks. Okay. And then uh, I also um, spoke with seven figure Amazon sellers, Alex and Jerry Mills, and they're a, a husband and wife duo based in the U S and, you know, they apply the 80, 20 rule. They focus on launching new products and optimizing their PPC campaigns and then outsourcing the rest of, their work to free up time. So in other words, they outsource the other tasks that are moving money so they can focus on the smart tasks that are making money and creating big profits. So um, that that's the, the big profit formula. That sounds that sounds good. So uh, going back to the 80-20 and do you know if they if some people do it all themselves? So does he do the others in that you talk to, do they have teams? I mean I can are these people full time yeah. freelancer? I'm kind of curious myself. I mean are they um, they're probably remote workers online. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, virtually everybody that I spoke with, they, if they, even they call themselves one person, million dollar businesses, they have a team, right? So they, usually it's a remote team. You know, they could be, you know, VAs in the Philippines. Um, they could have, you know, programmers, um, you know, in India, they'll have other, um, you know, like, um, you know, like web developers in, uh, Eastern Europe, for example. Uh, the reason they do that is because of the lower costs 
And, you know, nowadays, you know, there's even like, you know, Google level engineers, um, you know, that are, you know, maybe they don't want to work in Silicon Valley and they return to their home country, right? But they're still, you know, working at a very high quality. Um, and then they're willing to, you know, work at a level that's acceptable to them, but will be very cheap according to Western standards. Okay. Um, so th that, that's, um, that actually leads us to the next big takeaway that I, I learned, which is uh, building a superstar team. Um, so when I was traveling in Thailand, in Chiang Mai, I met up with Nate Ginsberg. Yeah. Uh, he's a seven-figure seller, and then you know he's a digital nomad. He spends a lot of time traveling in Southeast Asia. Uh, he sold his Amazon business for nearly a million dollars. So when I had asked Nate how he built his business to sell it for almost seven figures, he said it was because of his superstar team. Uh, he couldn't have done it himself. So um, you know, diving deeper, I I found out that he really hired for his weaknesses. So Nate is an ideas person, right? So. He's not so detail oriented. So he really hired people to kind of fill that gap, to build that team that was detail oriented to make his business stronger. Um, and then I also wanted to, to dig deeper into learning the benefits of working with a superstar team. And then I learned that, you know, your team not only supports you, but you can also learn valuable information from them. So for example, CJ Rosenbaum, he runs a successful law firm to help Amazon sellers protect their brands and get their account back from suspensions. So CJ, you know, based in New York, he meets with his team every day to learn what's working and what's not working because his team is on the front line with their customers every day. So they're interfacing with their customers and then his team members know the customer's key pain points and goals. So this information is like super valuable because it helps CJ tailor his services to meet their demands and to grow his business. Um, and then uh, I don't know about you, but one of the flip sides of running um, a remote team is to, to motivate them to perform better because, you know, a lot of times, you know, we hear stories about, you know, VAs that just go, you know, AWOL, they disappear, they, they're not responsive. Um, so I spoke with Mike Jackness. Um, he's a seven figure seller and then he runs Ecom Crew uh, about, you know, how he was able to build a relationship with his remote team uh, in the Philippines. So, um, Mike shared that he visits his team of VAs in the Philippines every year and spends time with them in person. So he, for about a week, he works with them in the same office. You know, he spends time socializing with them, you know, outside of the office over meals, you know, even karaoke and other team building activities. Um, so obviously right now we're in lockdown, but, you know, assuming that things return to semi-normal, you know, this is one of the, the key ways that, um, you know, you can help uh, motivate your team to do better. And then similarly, Jason Vandergrant, he visits his team in Europe, and then he even went to celebrate the birth of their children. So, you know, one of the, the beauties of running an online business is that, you know, Jason's able to make a trip out of it, you know, to travel and run his business at the same time, you know, being an e-commerce entrepreneur. So, um, yeah, building a superstar team, that's, that's critical. That does sound amazing. I mean, I totally agree with the seeing the team in person. Although I happened yeah. right in the middle of lockdown for me this time. <laughs> I was in the middle yeah, of three yeah. when the lockdown happened, but it's for sure night and day when they you meet the meet the people. Although I do have to admit, I don't know if some people I talk to are afraid to meet their team because they're afraid that their team will look at them differently. <laughs> but I don't I think he's just a shy, introverted person. I definitely think 
if you're able to meet the people you work with, it's definitely makes working together so much easier and more comfortable for everybody. Yeah, for sure. And I think that that's universal. I mean, whether your team members are in the Philippines or, you know, in America and especially in China, right? I mean, I feel like, you know, the factories that I source from, they're part of my team. And then, you know, every time I, I visit them, you know, we, we have lunch, you know, we break bread. I feel like that just adds to the relationship. So, you know, when something goes wrong, yeah, yeah I, I mean, I don't do Baijiu, but, you know, it's very <laughs> popular, but, uh, you know, that really enhances things when things go wrong, you know, they'll remember, oh, you know, that's Mike, right? I mean, like he sat down with the boss, they did like the, the shots and, you know, and, you know, maybe you'll get, you'll get better service than like that random guy that only, you know, emails them over Alibaba. Okay. So I think that, you know, just getting some FaceTime, that's really important in building your team. Totally agreed, man. All right. Um, but yeah, of course, if you can meet the people in person and it, so I was wondering, do people actually have, uh, a physical office any uh, any of these people I think or I probably not right I mean I don't know I would say the minority um, I remember talking to uh, Dave Bryant and he's based in um, I think Vancouver Canada and he did have a physical office for his previous e-commerce business but he realized that it was a huge expense and then it was um, it was more um, you know, on the cost of goods sold, like on the expense side of the PNL, and then like he cut that office, and then he has a remote team now. And then by doing that, he really dropped his expenses, and then um, that actually boosted the selling price of his business because it increases profitability. You know, based on that multiplier. And you, you're probably more familiar with that than than I am. You know, with yeah. your work, you know, with Alpha Rock. But um, but I would say the minority of people have. Um, you know, like a physical office in you know, where they're based. I mean, assuming they're, they're in like the, the more expensive countries like the States and Europe. Okay. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, that's the, uh, you know, even with this lockdown, I mean, actually even this lockdown makes it even more, more important to work online. Right. I mean, if you had all these expensive offices and you can't get to yeah. them right now, it's unfortunately wasted money that, uh, that you don't have. Any- yeah. Yeah. And I noticed that some of the, the seven figure sellers, you know, I spoke to them since, you know, after Corona, um, like Jason Vandergren in Toronto, you know, he's actually, his business is exploding right now because, you know, he's more, he's better positioned to work in this type of situation because he worked remotely since before, whereas some of his competitors, you know, they have, you know, like brick and mortar, like offline uh, offices and then those guys are scrambling but then you know on his website he put up front and center you know open for business during COVID-19 nice. and then so he's actually capitalizing on this just the fact that you know he's so experienced you know working from home where everyone else like they're trying to learn zoom and you know all that kind of stuff so <laughs> that, you know it can be an advantage to us yeah. right now they're they're learning yeah exactly exactly okay. um yeah I mean there's so many great points here uh, let, yeah, let's keep, let's try to get a few more. This is really amazing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And then the next thing that I, I found out, um, a, a common theme was building a brand. Okay. For your e-commerce business. This is more critical, um, than ever to rank your products, to get reviews, not only that, but also to sell your business for a higher multiple. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, building a brand, it's, you know, it's more and more important now, you know, given the increased competition. And then also I learned, um, that Amazon gives more weight to external traffic that drives sales. Okay. So, uh, Dave Huss, he's one of the speakers on the summit. He spent over $400,000 on Facebook ads for his own e-commerce businesses. And then he works with a number of seven and eight figure e-commerce sellers, uh, to rank their products on page one on Amazon. So in Dave's experience, he shared that building an audience or a list on Facebook, it's kind of like bringing a gun to a knife fight, right? Because you can launch to that list and you can rank new products on page one of Amazon. And then you can also use your list to get reviews in a white hat way that's compliant with Amazon's TOS. Okay. So, you know, bring a knife to a gunfight. It kind of reminds me of that, you know, that old school Indiana Jones movie, you know, I'm dating myself, <laughs> but you know, the, there's that bad guy who's brandishing like the swords and the Indy, you yeah. know, he just looks at the guy, he pulls out his gun, right? And what does he do? He just shoots the guy dead, right? So, you know, having a brand, you know, building an audience, building a list is more critical than ever. It's almost like an unfair um, competition you know, that you can bring. And then the fact that you drive external traffic onto Amazon, you know, Amazon really likes that because you're, you're bringing in new customers for them. And then, you know, if Amazon can capture them as a prime customer, you know, they spend thousands of dollars on Amazon every year. So they actually, they place more weight when you drive external traffic that drives sales. And then um, going back to Chris Davy again, he shared that his, uh, branding is very important for him and his business because his brand is like a roadmap that helps him decide what products to launch to market. So he can really, he can actually map out his product portfolio based on what products will complement his brand and what products to avoid. And then um, also in terms of selling your business, I learned from Corin Woodmass, the FBA broker, um, having a tight brand of products helps you get a higher multiple if you decide to sell your business according to Corin. Okay. And then he says, on the other hand, um, if you only have, like a hero product that generates the lion's share of sales and some of the other minor products that just like trickle in, that's not very attractive to buyers. Um, so the takeaway from this was that building a brand to beat your competitors and sell for a higher multiple, that's very critical uh, today. I don't know if you have anything to add to that in terms, you know, with your experience with, yeah. you know, M&A and stuff like is, is branding, you know, does it affect selling a business at all? I guess it depends on the buyer and it depends on what they're going to try to do with it. Like if they're just trying to buy revenue and just maybe consolidate it with other revenue and it's just purely Amazon, you know, brands might not be as sensitive about the brand, but I think those that are trying to really build maybe third party traffic, trying to grow. uh, It also depends maybe if the buyer is also looking for the team is looking for, for that to be their main brand. Do they have other brands already? Is this something they're trying to do long term? So, it, but most of quite, nobody's gonna say it's not good to have the brand. But some people sometimes when we look at things uh, with the, with my Alpha Rock hat on is uh, we're maybe looking more for the ranking and the, the velocity. But of course, the brand mm-hmm. helps as for sure. The the next big takeaway that I notice is that uh, for keywords, you know, for PPC, right, for advertising, uh, pay per click campaigns on Amazon, you really need to find a balance of data with common sense so you don't have to pay the the idiot tax. Okay. So when it comes to Amazon sponsored search, um, like many of the people out there, including myself, you know, we're sometimes we struggle to run profitable PPC campaigns. Right. Um, so I spoke with Stefano Starkel. He's a seven figure Amazon seller and founder of Zon tools. And then Stefano shared that, 
you know, his strategy in the initial six to 12 months of running a PPC campaign, his aim is to only break even. And then his goal during this time is to, to mine the valuable keyword data from Amazon for search terms that convert. So the reason in terms of like profitability is, um, is the lack of market data. And, you know, Amazon is a pay to play game. So the more you pay in PPC, he finds is the better the ranking of your product. And then only after this initial six to 12 month period will Stefano decide whether to shift the aim from break even to profitability. And then also when it comes to keyword selection, he recommends that you use your brain, okay, and not just relying on a formula based on number of clicks, conversion rate, A cost, et cetera. He says that every week you gotta download your search term report, you gotta manually review each keyword to decide if it's relevant or not. So in other words, um, I'm not gonna curse, but he says to focus on, on FBA keywords that make sense when people search for your product rather than you know diluting your budget across like less relevant keywords with low conversion rates and then wasting your money and dragging down your conversion rate at the same time and then you'll be paying the the idiot tax okay and uh another seven figure seller uh, dave bryan he also um he shared uh, a similar strategy when i interviewed him um, you know, I asked him, how does he increase his profitability in, in his business and with uh, PPC? And then he shared that he cuts out 80% of potential keywords and focuses on only two to three keywords for his PPC campaigns to get a higher ROI, a return on investment. So 80-20 rule, you know, focus on the most relevant, the FES search terms by using your brain to decide whether or not they're relevant. Don't just try to rely on some formula. And then... Um, also I noticed another big takeaway is when interviewing these seven figure sellers, like the number one quote that was repeated over and over again was Peter Drucker's quote, whatever gets measured gets managed. Okay. So, um, Chris Davies products have over 30% margin. And he says that you should ask yourself if your product has enough margin for PPC. If you do, then you can afford to outspend your competition. You can buy your way to the top. The key is, though, is that Chris, he knows his numbers, okay? So whatever gets measured gets managed. And then Chris Rawlings, a seven-figure Amazon seller, he shared that now he gets super granular when launching a new product. So every day, he and his team, they're tracking all the metrics in a 35-day honeymoon period. You know, how many rebates are given out, how many reviews are get, they're getting, their sales numbers, you know, all of these uh, nitty-gritty, all of these numbers, he gets super granular. And then... Uh, Robin Johnson, also a seven-figure seller, she also tightly tracks her Amazon product conversion rates. So every week she pulls her Amazon session reports and studies them to learn what's working well and what's not. And then I, I also noticed that you can automate this process by using tools such as Sellerboard to track your sales and CentriKit to track keyword ranking and monitor your listings to save you tons of time. And, um, you know, John Cavendish, you know, he shared that when selling internationally, you have to keep an eye on your Amazon fees to bring your international sales revenue back to your home country and home currency. Uh, so John Cavendish is a seven-figure seller selling in Amazon EU. And in fact, when it comes to um, when it comes to this, I I made this mistake the first year when I sold internationally. When I used Amazon's default currency exchange and money transfer service. Um, I mistakenly thought that, you know, they would be a good option. And then later I, I discovered at the end of the year when I was reviewing the, the books with my bookkeeper, you know, we had 
wasted thousands of dollars in exchange fees and money transfer fees money transfer fees paid to Amazon because Amazon was charging almost 3.9% in fees. So if, yeah, they're, they're crazy, right? So if I were to give myself advice when starting to sell internationally and, you know, bringing these revenues back home, you know, I would recommend to use a payment transfer service, you know, like ping pong, for example, to lower these fees from 3.9% to 1% or even lower. So, I mean, just by doing that alone, you can save thousands of dollars a year rather than using, you know, Amazon's currency exchange and money wire services. Uh, but the, the key thing is, again, you know, Peter Drucker, whatever gets measured gets managed. Yeah, totally agreed. We're really giving a lot of, I mean, you're giving amazing value here. So. Yeah, yeah. The audience, they're welcome to check out the Seven Figure Seller Summit, sure. um, you know, to check out the full sessions. But if, you know, because of time, if we just talk about one more, I really want to talk a little bit about selling a business because yeah, I think I that's the end game. You know, that's, you know, I've read, you know, quotes saying that, you know, like half of the, the money that sellers make is actually from the exit. So, you know, nowadays, you know, you got to be very smart selling a business to get a higher multiple. Um, and then, you know, back in like 2016, if you were to say that you want to sell an Amazon business, you know, people thought you're probably crazy, right? Who in their right mind will buy an Amazon business? But now, the landscape has shifted significantly. You know, more and more Amazon businesses are considered legitimate investment vehicles. And even investors, they're getting in like action, you know, from retirees to institutional investors, right? So, um, but, you know, there, it's not just roses, for example, because uh, I learned from Corin Woodmass, the FBA broker, there's actually an abundance of Amazon businesses on the market today. And then there's only a 23% sell-through rate according to Corin, So that means that less than one in four Amazon businesses that go to market are actually sold. And in other words, there's more sellers than buyers on the market today. So I, I asked, you know, what can you do to increase the chances of selling and get a higher multiple be, you know, one of those four, right? That 25%. So, um, you know, I actually, I, I asked you, Mike, I don't yeah. know if you remember in your interview, you know, you work yeah. on the buy side at Alpha Rock, right? Um, yeah. You know, I, I asked you as well, you know, the same question and, you know, maybe I'll, I'll save your answer for the end, you know, so you, you can, you, you know, they can hear from you. But um, before we get to you, uh, you know, I, I talked to a couple other, yeah. other um, sellers, um, you know, Mike Jackness, Nate Ginsburg, you know, uh, each of the, these guys, they sold their Amazon business, business for almost seven figures or more. Um, number one, you need a tightly focused brand portfolio of products. Again, not just the hero product and, and less scattered products. The products should be appealing to a common target audience and you know, they should complement each other. Um, also, um, you know, net margins, um, according to them, buyers like to see net profit margins of 30% or higher. Uh, thin margins are not attractive to buyers and may cause your business to be skipped over. And um, in addition, buyers like to see some diversification of sales away from Amazon, at least 30%. So it's less risky for them. You know, you don't have all your eggs in one basket, right? So this can be in the form of selling on different platforms, such as selling on your own website, Walmart, et cetera, or in different marketplaces, such as Europe, such as Europe. But it can't just be like, you know, like one product that's amounting to like, you know, 1% of sales. It has to be at least 30%, you know, to be sub- substantial. Um, and then there were a couple other things as well, but, um, Mike, why, why don't you, you weigh in on that as well? Cause you, you gave some really great nuggets yeah, in your interview as well. I think Alvarok's a little bit di- different than some other buyers where like, 
the strategy at Alpha Rock is purely Amazon businesses, Amazon revenue. I don't think we, which is opposite to what maybe others and I, I know other other people on the show sit on your uh, on your summit said, but um, we're we're looking to get more more revenue and we're we're consolidating and sometimes we even combined the accounts and things like that. But uh, what I would say, also having clean books, we also look for a little bit more than you know. I think a lot of people selling their business do it less than a year. You know, I think you need at least a year of history. I don't know if other people. Uh, in your summit said so, but we, we want a little bit more track history if possible. We don't want too much seasonality. Usually um, we don't pick certain categories. We don't like, we don't want, we want long-term evergreen products. Uh, boring stuff is usually be- sex is not sexy, but better. Like, I guess that goes into the profitability. Like you talked about um, with the others. Those are some of the highlights I'd say. Yeah. Excellent. And then one other thing that, that I really liked that, that you shared, Mike, is that, you know, give them something that they can improve on, right? Just mm-hmm. give them some upside to your business that the buyer can take action on. And then, um, you know, this, this can increase your chances of selling your business and also increase, point. yeah, increase the multiple. And, uh, that that came from you. That yes, came from you. Yeah. I mean, because the buyer, if they see is totally perfect, they, they want to see something that they can fix, you know, I, usually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, I remember the example you gave is that, you know, you may be able to have like a few more vetted products that you haven't been able to develop because, for example, lack, lack of cash flow, right? Mm-hmm. But the buyer, they can come in, they can get these products manufactured from your suppliers and sold immediately to boost sales, right? So, um, you know, that's like a quick win for them. And then yeah. I really like that that um, that takeaway that, that you shared. Um, so, so, yeah, I mean, those would be some of the top tips, you know, not only selling a business, but just like the mindset, um, you know, getting around excuses, building your team, building a brand. Um, you know, using your brain when it comes to PPC so you don't pay the idiot tax. And, you know, yeah. also number one quote, whatever gets measured gets managed. Um, yeah. That, that, yeah, that on a high level, you know, that's what I learned from the seven figure seller summit. Uh, but, but I mean, this is only the tip of the iceberg. You know, we have, yeah. have like probably 20 hours of interviews if you want to check that out. Yeah. You have so much value there. I mean, the names are amazing and have an experience and the people and, and, uh, yeah, we've been recommending it in our in our newsletters and our in our social media. So definitely, if you guys haven't checked out Gary's uh, Seven Figure Seller Summit, definitely definitely take a look. And uh, we'll link to it in the show notes as well, so it's uh, people can find it right away. Yeah, perfect. And then I think that you know, especially right now, we're recording this during the whole pandemic. Um, you know, a lot of people they're kind of stuck at home. Um, you know, maybe they're they're binging on Netflix and not being the the most productive person. You know, I'm guilty of that as well. Um, but I, I think that right now it's a great, it's a great opportunity to, to stop binging on Netflix and start, you know, surrounding yourself with successful, you know, entrepreneurs like Mike and all these other seven figure sellers and level up your business. So, um, yeah, I recommend you check it out. Sevenfiguresellersummit.com. Awesome. Thanks so much Gary for sharing, man. It's really, really appreciated that you, you really gave amazing value just on this. So there's obviously so much more if, uh, if everybody's enjoying this one, there's only that much, just that much and more with uh, what, what Gary has. All right, man. Yeah, awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you, Mike, for having me. It's been a pleasure. And then awesome. um, yeah, I'm happy to help however I can. No, I appreciate it, man. And I hope to catch up with you soon. I mean, in, in real life, I don't know when that's going to be, man. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully. But I mean, at least we can do this, you know, yeah, online. I mean, at least we can still yeah, connect yeah. with each other. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. 
We've been trying some new things at gfavip.com, our online private membership. We, I've been kind of opening up the kimono. What is that? I learned it from Tim Ferriss. He has some event called Opening the Kimono. So we've, of course, got all of our courses, all of our forums, but we've been doing even more calls. And they're not just normal calls. They're like business calls. You know, I'm just kind of lining up people like guests on this show, different calls I have with like, you know, mentoring I'm doing. I'm just trying to make everything so transparent. And it's been actually pretty freaking amazing because we just kind of like throw it into the GFA VIP forum and say, hey guys, we're going to do a call with these people about this, like e-commerce, some kind of dropship things, some kind of trading thing. If you want to jump in, you know, you can just jump in and we got people popping in and out of these calls. It's, you know, without everybody working online, it's actually kind of fun. So it's like an extension of this uh, private community. If you want to check it out and get an inside, it's of course a paid membership. We just have a yearly fee, pretty reasonable, gfavip.com. We support our show. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Gary. I know you're out in Japan and uh, with your wife and kid and uh it's uh, it's been really crazy time for all of us i uh i appreciate you taking the time to share with us here at the global from asia podcast i uh i mean i hope people got something out of that i mean i think whether you're amazon or e-commerce seller or business owner in general i think you can learn quite a bit from that amazing interview i mean man he was just dropping value bombs one after another it's like a mass bombing here of value so <laughs> thank you gary and definitely i mean i recommend you guys if you want to chip in a little bit for what he's doing you should check out the seven figure seller summit we link it in the show notes and i think we'll try to get an affiliate code there i don't know try my best to get some affiliate income if possible but if not just go there i mean just go direct to his website buy it from him support him support what he's doing support these amazing people creating amazing value for what we're we're doing here and i hope you guys are and girls are learning and making action i uh i am really really busy as as you could imagine with this pbe stuff and uh there was some other insight news that a lot of Chinese Amazon sellers got their accounts shut down because of the selling the PPE on Amazon. From what I understand, there was a, I saw in Zach Franklin's Panda Leap group, he was sharing videos of upset Chinese Amazon sellers getting kicked out because of uh, restrictions from uh, Amazon on selling these masks and other uh, PPE materials. So I actually have saved some of my friends or listeners here at trying to buy on load pipe. They told me they were going to try to sell the masks on Amazon. I actually refunded a, one of our, uh, my friends. I mean, I call you guys my friends. So he was going to buy uh, quite a bit of masks on load pipe to sell into um, Germany on Amazon, Germany. And then he was asking me for the documentation and what to ask to do to get on Amazon for his masks. You know, don't want to talk about my wife too much, but, uh, yeah, sometimes there's more life than just money. You know, I, I'm an artist, I'm a creator. I'm trying to create value in long-term business. So we refunded them. We're just like, I'm like, sorry, dude, I, I can't take this order. I'm afraid for your Amazon account. You sell normal stuff. You know, it's not what you normally sell, you know, be careful. So, um, you know, I felt good to kind of, re- um, it was kind of mixed feeling cause it was a bank wire. So we had to wire, it was wired in and I had to wire it back, but, that's what I'm trying to do, you know, with the, the load pipe. It's just another extension of this community. It's just another part of what we're doing here at Global From Asia, you know, uh, trying to help people get product, get access to things, get access to better pricing. So I hope you can uh, can check it out. You know, we're, we're every week we're trying to do a group buy. 
and uh, we we got your back, you know. We we got your back. I I don't want to just do it. Any, it's not about money always. It's about making people have a better life for themselves. And business is one way you can make a better life for yourself, right? So wherever you are in the world, I hope you're taking action. I know it might be hard right now. It might be. Hopefully your accounts are not getting banned. Hopefully your sales are okay. Hopefully you're doing okay with business and life. But uh, step by step. Uh, try to think long term, not short term. You know, of course, short term sounds good. You can get some money in your bank account. You can do something quick deal to make some cash. But it's really about the long term. So I hope you're. I hope that makes you think about it. And then Amazon as well. You know, building a brand. Nothing is overnight. Nothing is overnight. You know, all these overnight successes. Their stories are about the ten years, the twenty years that they were working their butts off, or maybe at least a few years. You know. That's at least what I say. You know, you can not believe me and keep trying to go your get-rich-quick scams and your courses that will promise you millions of dollars, but I'm not selling that. So with that, I think I'm going to go see my kids again and uh, discuss with the wife what apartment to move into in Shenyang. It's a three-hour drive to the North Korea border, but Google Maps doesn't show you that. I guess Google Maps doesn't cover North Korea. Unbelievable world unbelievable world thank you so much again i hope you enjoy this and again as i was begging for reviews hopefully i don't get banned on apple itunes for asking for reviews but reviews do help so let me know if you can do that i'd appreciate it have a great rest of your week or day or night or morning or afternoon wherever you are whatever year you're listening to this take care To get more info about running an international business, please visit our website at www.globalfromasia.com. That's www.globalfromasia.com. Also, be sure to subscribe to our iTunes feed. Thanks for tuning in.